Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Ric Flair. One Sting. One weekly discussions of comic and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. Woo! Yep. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. Sting also wooed. Did he? Yeah. I, I was I was about to woo anyway. Yeah, so. I mean, it, there's, it's never a wrong thing to do, honestly. I guess that's true. Even if you're facing Ric Flair, you can just woo, and then it's a taunt, so it doesn't really. Yeah. Sting, yeah. I think Sting would just woo because he was in WCW with Ric Flair for so long, and it just was a thing where, mm-hmm. you know, Ric Flair, when Ric Flair wasn't there, he could just woo. And I, maybe when he, maybe when Flair went to WWF real briefly, maybe Sting just went like, hey, I'm the only one in WCW now. I can woo if I want. Yeah, we can we can woo if we want to. Le- leave our flares behind? Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm, uh, you know, I they do call me the next Weird Al. I don't know who they is, but... The the ubiquitous ones. Mm, they are ubiquitous. Hey, Handsomites. This is episode 185. We're talking about Brian Lee O'Malley's Lost at Sea later on. I think that will be... That's everything, right? Until the next thing of Brian Lee O'Malley's. I think that's everything he's ever done. We that will, is, we'll have uh, it covered. I mean, I haven't seen like, you know, like the zines and things that he xeroxed when he when he worked at Kinko's. I don't think that's expected. Well, man, you're not really a fan unless you're like literally insane. Well, that's I think I I like Brian Lee O'Malley. I'm not. Am I not a fan? Do I have to like have read his zines that he did when he was 17 or something? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do. Oh, that's unfortunate. I guess I'm not a fan then. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it enough. You're filthy casual. All I do is spend a bunch of money on all the things he's ever made, but that's not, I guess, good enough. Yeah, that's really sad. It really is sad. We have, uh, that, but that's later on. We have, we mm-hmm. have comic we'll books. Be, we'll be sad later. We'll be sad later. For, I mean, we might be a little. We we can be sad now. I mean, it's not. There's no rules. It's our show. We can be sad when we want to. No rules, just right. Just like Outback. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We are uh, Australian for comic book podcast. Shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> Why don't you count us in there, bro? It is time for Weekly Floppies! Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will, uh, uh, to, uh, Eric and I will read a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There's a mush meter. It goes from one to five. If we are feeling mushy about our decision, our first book of the week is Black Bolt, number one, written by Saladin Ahmed. Art and cover by Christian Ward. Letters Clayton Cowles. Black Bolt in Space Jail. Mm-hmm. I this is my this is what I want out of Inhumans book. Oh really? Yes. It's weird. You're eating it up that much. I don't I, think it's that weird. I mean, it's. It was. I was weirded out that Crusher Creel was there. I. I. Hey, you know. They, he shows up anywhere. Anytime someone needs to get get his ass beat, it's Crusher Creel. I I think he heard the does siren make, call. Does that make Does that make him a jobber? I think that is exactly what the absorbing man is. Yeah, he's still good though. You, he's a good. Do you want to explain wrestling lingo to 
people. I learned Jobber the other day, so I, I feel good that I got to use it. It means a guy whose job is to lose yeah. in, in matches. But that's what Crusher Creel is, the absorbing man. He's a good, good he has a cool power, mm-hmm. but not cool enough that you feel bad about him losing a lot. He's still the same regardless if he wins or loses. Uh, it's, you're, I mean, compared to all those, the relative, like, the last three years of Inhumans comics, this is way different than them. This is not a typical superhero comic. It is one person in a space jail with, you know, not house style superhero art. And I don't know. It, I, I like the idea of Black Bolt facing some sort of judgment, even if he may not have done anything necessarily wrong. Do you not like it? Well, he needs to understand that those altitude masks aren't really good for training. That You're going to have to explain that to me. You've never seen those training masks that people wear to simulate like thin air at high altitudes? No, they do that? Yeah, people are stupid. That's crazy. Why would you do that it's, to yourself? It, because, I mean, think about all the woo there is in, in, in athletics and diets and people are nuts. They are. I don't, that's bad. I, I really like this. I like it a lot. I am a solid buy on this. I like the, I like Christian Ward's art. I like, mm. I, it's, for a character who ostensibly doesn't talk, I think it handles that very well. Although, who knows? I mean, we see him talking. So he's, the, the, like, do they all, they all have their powers, like, nullified or something in whatever this is? That's what I gleaned from it. I mean, Crusher yeah, the, Creel says doesn't, he doesn't have it, so. Yeah, then, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that he can't, like, get out of this very easily, like, and there's no reason that Black Bolt should lose to Crusher Creel. Well, he he does win at the end. Yeah, I know, but he should win. Decide, it's like putting Superman up against Crusher Creel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. I think they're relatively, they're much closer in power than, because they're in this space, this mm-hmm. weird space prison. It's just two dudes fighting. Yeah, and Black Bolt's just better. No, there's a lot to like in this book. It certainly is much more palatable after the recent bad Inhumans comics that we've been reading. Maybe not like like full-on horrible bad, but th- it, this certainly is a nice, refreshing thing. I, I don't. I I don't think that most of them in like the last when since that Inhumans push has begun since Inhumanity and all that. I don't. There's not a lot of them I would call straight up bad. I would mm. call them a lot of generic. Just very like, and that it might as well be the same thing to me. But you know, I I don't feel like they're just like they're like art or writing is aggressively offensive. It's just oh, yeah. kind of bland. It's just kind of like we just want to make I just, these. I think. Well, I think mediocrity is the kiss of death. Yeah, and I think about that a lot um, after reading uh, the Colin Space Twinks essay about how. Comics have to compete against other media as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, why when the hell would you spend $5 on a mediocre comic? They need to excel. Well, I mean, anything should be good. Yes, I agree. It just seems that a lot of comics skate by on. We have recognizable characters. and Yeah, absolutely. I'm a buy on this. I, I really like this. This is, my, this is the book I'll be reading. I don't think I'm going to be reading the other Neiman's books, but I'll be reading this one. Name your crimes, Robbie. Repent your crimes. I, we don't have the time. Okay. Not today. Not today, Satan. <laughs> exactly. Are you a buy? Or... Of course. Okay. Uh, ooh. 
Double Buy, Black Bolt number one. Next up is all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Writer, Jerry Duggan. Art, Aaron Cooter. Colors, Ives Forcina. Letters, Corey Pettit. Logo and design, Manny Maderos. We have not read a, a Jerry Duggan comic in ages. Yeah, I think it was a Deadpool book. It was 100% a Deadpool book, because what else, what else did he write? He's co-written other things that we just... I, okay, I'm probably forgetting those then. But I don't think we've read them, but he has been co-writing things with other people. Um, this is, hey, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie out, and hey, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book um, with the same cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what does this do for you? Well, you don't like it? What's not to like? I think that's where I'm at. I like it. Yeah. But I mean, I, it's a no-brainer. It looks really nice. They show up in a spaceship that looks like a Galactus just just to fuck with people. I don't know, man. Like, it's dumb adventures in space with Rocket and Groot and, and uh, Batista. Well, not quite Batista. What, what's his name? That is who it is, right? Well, yeah, he does play Drax in the movies, yes, but yeah, that's I think what, that's what the, 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 there's the Drax in the movies is different than the Drax in the comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 they've made him. I mean, God, the one in um, the Infinity Gauntlet, he looks nothing like this. So they've clearly changed him to be more movie-like, but it's still, I find that interesting. Ingamora is a, a little. The, the, those two characters have been massaged uh, to fit mm-hmm. into films uh, better. The film versions of them. Um, I I think I do like this. I think everything you said is one hundred percent correct. This is a, a as a, as usual. It of course you know uh, naturally, but I just aren't excited about it. Mm, I aren't excited. I about aren't it excited. I, I'm not excited. No, I I I understand that. Um. I think it's hard to be excited about a movie tie-in comic. It is it is fun. It is good. I mean, I but I think you can look at this episode this this issue and kind of see the shapes of where things are going and there's no like okay, this guy's going to make him do stuff and I don't know. There's no hook. There's no reason like I have to keep reading it. It is a good well-executed comic. Um the writing is solid, the art is solid. And if you like the movie, why the hell wouldn't you also want to read this? Then it's got little baby, it's got little beanie baby Groot in it. Yeah. It's hard to argue against that, huh? Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm a buy, regardless of my, I, it's a, just a thing I'm thinking about, like, I guess it's just a, a thing I'm thinking a lot about when I'm reading superhero comics now, after mm-hmm. the recent, the, 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 the that, shut the fuck up marvel about about mm-hmm. secret empire about all the all the all the watchman stuff it is me thinking consciously about when i'm reading superhero comics going why am i reading this is it only because i recognize these characters like is it is there something like more than that in here mm-hmm. you know like is there a greater thing is there a like a point of view something special about this and I this this is a good comic book. It, I mean, Cooter, Aaron yeah. Cooter's art is always good. I really like what it. makes it a, what makes it essential. Yes, is and what I, you're saying. Yeah, and like I don't. I, again, this is one issue, but I, I guess it's I shouldn't compare it against like the best comics in superheroes that I've been read in the last couple of years. But I think like how I felt when I read the first issue of Vision. Mm-hmm. And I was just like uh, blown away by it. Or even Black well, I, Widow. Like both those I comics that, are. 
No, no, of course. I mean, I think that at least in terms of a buy do not buy system, I think it presupposes that you're going to be buying Wednesday comics anyway. So I mean like yeah. for this week this is something to buy. I I stand behind it. I think it's a good comic. I like it a lot. I like that it has similarities to the things that I liked in the movie. I I I don't know. I never was familiar with so much of the Guardians of the Galaxy universe and this this is like this is comfort food to me, you know. This is KFC mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah, I'm a, I I am still a buy. I just I just want to like express mm-hmm. those feelings because yeah, it's very know, important. I know, Everyone I knows. know about your I know about your precious fee-fees. Mm-hmm. They're important. Uh, that's a double buy on all new Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Next up is Bane Conquest number one. Uh, written by Chuck Dixon, Art Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright Colors, Carlos M. Mangual Letters. Uh, the original Bane team back on the comics. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. No. It's weird to see Harry shoulder Bane. Yeah, after just looking at completely nude, well, nearly hairless yeah. Bane. Yeah, naked Bane for years. It's Tom King's weird fantasy. Hey man, if you're writing Batman, and you got a weird naked Bane fantasy. You're not going to get that chance again. I guess so. You put it out there. You got to put it out there. You got to take it. Take that chance when you get it. Um, I this isn't bad, but I just can't. I don't. I, no. I still don't think it's good to enough to buy. Like I can't. It's, yes. I, I. It's a hard thing for me to pr- ever see Bane as the protagonist of anything. And this. And on top of that, like. There, I don't understand where and when this is. In like, where's Batman? Was he not? He's not around. Do you just say that whenever you pick up any comic? Where's Batman? I think if if the main character of it is a, a an established Batman villain, yes. Because I I this is basically Bane as the Punisher. Mm-hmm. And it it really does have a very Punisher vibe, but well, Chuck Dixon also wrote the Punisher for a while, I believe. So yeah, it makes sense. Did uh, uh, did, did Frank Castle have hairy shoulders in that? Um, not that I remember. I think he was had hairy chest. I don't think he had hairy shoulders though. I want to Frank, say Frank Castle had hairless shoulders. Mm-hmm. I. I I'm gonna do not buy on this. I don't. I. I don't think I'm the. I. I certainly. I liked Nightfall. I own Nightfall. I. I even like with as much Azrael's in that thing. I own all of that. I liked Bane as a villain. I. I even like. I liked Naked Bane in the Tom King Batman run. I. Bane has to become. This is basically the same Bane from Nightfall, and nothing is like. It's not very different. Like I feel like. A lot of other writers have taken Bane in different directions because I think you had to after he wins versus Batman and then loses. And I think after he loses, you have to basically write him as a different character, at least subtly, because his initial run as a villain was that he's unstoppable. Once you an unstoppable monster has been stopped, they have to change to be to remain interesting. You can't just run that same thing again. And this is not any different than that initial Bane. And that does not excite me uh, fundamentally. I'm going I'm to do not buy. I think that's that's far too intelligent a talk. I was just going to say it's kind of boring. <laughs> I mean, it is also bad. It is kind of boring. I mean, it's. I mean, everything you said, I feel exactly the same. It's it's not 
exemplary. I I would say it is a baseline comic book. If you're really excited about the return of Chuck Dixon to writing Bane, I mean, I'm, I I mean, I get that. There's that's a, maybe that's a selling point. I, that's a story. I mean, that's what Batman is. That's the first line of the solicitation. Yeah, the return of the original, the creators of Bane return to write Bane. But I don't. But for me, that's yeah. a big, uh, a big shrug, swing yes. and a miss. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Double do not buy Bane Conquest number one. Next up is Fisher, number two. Script and design: Tim Daniel. Covers, art, colors: Patricio Del Pesce. Letters: Darren Bennett. Uh, we read the first one of this, liked it. I thought we'd we check in on the second one, see how it goes, see how it's moving. Yeah, this is a good comic book. This is a good comic book. I like it. It's paced very well. Mm. I, I would say it does a lot of things very well. I think that, I don't know, it's just, it's clear. You get exactly what's going on. I mean, almost, I mean, maybe you could even say that it's kind of a trope what's happening here, but at the same time, I think it's still weird and interesting enough that it there's there's reason to read it. Even if it's, oh, I'm, I've got to go down in this dangerous place and rescue my dad. My daddy. Yeah, I, 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 I think the art's really nice. I like the colors a lot. Oh, man, it's, it, is, it is really handsome. It's weird, the, the little wispy lines, but the color uh, really richens it up. This could very easily look real shit. And I, I like what the comic is saying. I think it started off in a, in a fun place and now it's, I'm, I want to see where it goes. It's gotten me hooked. I, I, yeah, there's tons of stories about holes with monsters in them and people going down mm-hmm. into them, but I care about these, I'm, like, I care yeah. about the characters and I want to see this dude who has this contentious relationship with his father. He does, and, seen his father god knows what happened to him uh i think his father is fashion santa fashion santa have you never googled fashion santa never googled fashion never, santa you, you never saw an article of fat you should google fashion santa he's gonna steal your grandma i don't have any grandmas oh, that's a shame why gotta why gotta be a downer robbie <laughs> it's, it kind of comes natural to me i guess so i don't try it just happens I'm a buy on this. I think this is a very good comic. I, I, it is I, a, uh, this is the first thing I said. No, Jeez, I, why don't you listen to me? I'm not. I'm not. It's that's not. Gotta, a, I'm not arguing you gotta with be, you. You gotta. You, you you gotta be talking about grandmas and stealing my words. And I'm not. I swear, bro. I'm stating that I. You have stated that this is a very good comic. I am now also stating that this is a very yeah. good comic. You know. You know what else this comic has? A lot of green. I like the green. It looks really good. It does it's look very good. good. It's a it's a good green. It's a good green. And there's and there's weird, you know, flower monster thing. I don't mm-hmm. technical flower creature. Yeah. Whatever they are, I like any. You could throw those in anything. I'm a gonna. I'm a sucker for them. What I about like mullet guy. I like mullet guy in this instance. I'm not always a fan <laughs> of mullet guy. I like this mullet guy. I can tell you how good I how much I like this comic and that you know I'm not necessarily a fan of mullet guy. I like this mullet guy. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, double buy. Fisher number two. Next up is Eternal Empire number one with Jonathan Luna story, script assists, illustrations, lettering, design, admin, and Sarah Vaughn story and script. Creative team of uh, Alex Nita. Yep. Back again, new comic. Jonathan Luna's worked on a lot of things. I feel like it's weird because it seems like he 
he doesn't exactly write, but he kind of directs a couple of projects. Mm-hmm. But it, it seems like he does work a lot with Sarah Vaughn. I don't like this. I don't either. I was I was waiting for one of us to say it. I mm-hmm. I liked Alex. I'll just throw I it like, out there. I think we both liked Alex and Ada for what it was. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like this. No, I don't. This is. Uh, I. It feels. I don't know what's happening. Really, like mm-hmm. I understand what's happening, but I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about. Like it feel, doesn't no, feel exactly. like exactly. I don't care what's happening. That's worse. Yeah. There's. We, we get that there's a, a, I guess, a we start in the past, get a very short scene, which I have no idea what it means. It means there's a butt. I get, there is a naked lady who has, I guess, joins with she's a got, dragon, and then we get the drag. Got, she has a butt. a naked lady with a butt, yeah. She has a butt. And then there's dragon people in the future when we come into it, in the present, I guess. And the dragon people are mean. They're bad. Because they run work camps and are, I guess, enslaving the earth. And uh, the one of the, the 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 lady slave lady runs away and then meets fireman. Mm-hmm. I don't. But again, it doesn't mean anything. I don't. I don't understand. I don't like. There's no. Why, do I only yeah. care about this lady's because she's a slave and she's being hurt? Like I. I guess that's. I mean. I don't know. I. I don't know why I'm supposed to be rooting for her. She looks is because she wants to be a free person. I'm like, okay, that's nice. But what is. I feel like this is it's it's too interested in its own lore. Yeah, you know. Yes, that this this story is spending too much time, like oh, sacred sons and this culture and blah blah blah. I mean, and it it's not like we don't get the stakes, but like I, it doesn't establish why the hell I care about this random girl. Yeah, I I, I don't I I think it. I, I don't know. I think it doesn't it too much world building, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not attached to a character. I'm not going to care about your world. Yeah, and unless your world is in, like explicitly interesting and in 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 and of it of itself, and that is a very hard thing to do. Um, and I don't think this does, do not vibe. I I don't like mm-hmm. this. I do not like this comic. I I mean it 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 pains me. I really did like Alex and Ada a lot. Maybe after uh, like a trade, this will make like look back. It'll, and, it'll even it'll even out a little bit. Maybe, uh, but this issue is it's not strong. Aimless. Yeah, I wouldn't say aimless. It, it seems like it knows where it's going, but I would say it feels pointless. Double do not buy Eternal Empire number one uh, book. I believe I'm not sure if this came out this week or last, but I, we needed to read it. Uh, it is Aliens yeah, yeah, Dead did. Orbit number one story art letters James Stokoe feels so good to read a James Stokoe comic. He's very good at comic books. Yeah, he is. He's a good comic book man. I, I, I hoped you would end that in a weird way. He's a good comic book man. He's a good comic make guy. He's a good comicer boy. He probably he's going to get that tattooed on him. Um, I'm very hesitant about that new alien movie. This alien comic book is really awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, James Stoker could draw a mostly anything. I'd probably think it was pretty cool, but yeah, it this seems like a natural fit. Him drawing aliens and they're weird. That that weird aesthetic. That alien, like that. Yeah, the kind of seventies, eighties, like analog technology, yeah. analog computers yeah. and stuff like, and weird, like like a lot of small monitors. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> with really big fonts. Monochrome mm-hmm. monitors. Yeah. I uh, I really love the Alien universe. Like that that is a a, a perfect sci fi movie. Mm-hmm. I love Alien so much, and we've we've I know we've talked and we've watched videos together and you know pretty extensively. Uh, like when Prometheus was out, that, that I think that was like one of the first like conversations like about nerd shit that we might even had because this was. You know, it was right around the time when we first met, I think, when we were talking about Prometheus. I even, I saw it with uh, with my ex-girlfriend, but I was so excited for that movie, and I was so broken up about it. It's really bad. I really don't like Prometheus. I mean, there's, a, there's it's not good... A, it's not a good movie. No, there's good things in it, but it mm-hmm. is a bad movie, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I, I... I have argued at length with one of the other Eric's about Prometheus uh, because he thinks it's redeemable. And I think it is. There's I, I want it to be good. And I think that they could do good sequels. Like, I just feel like the whole alien world and the whole alien aesthetic is really cool. Yes. It's, it is rich. And if you do something like this fucking book, you can really mine that. Like, I think that he's going after it. But in a very Stoko way, like it doesn't it it feels like another weird wing in that universe. Yeah, but I super dig it. It does a lot of things right that other things have done really, really poorly. Yeah, his this is I was as I was reading this, I'm like, it is easy to forget with the bad alien movies. Mm hmm how awesome and big that idea can be yeah. and how much those movies allude to a universe outside of them, especially mm-hmm. the first two, obviously. But even the good parts of the, the all the sequels after the first two do have really interesting things about the universe yeah. and about how, like, it's really cool. And I am continuing, like, I'm sure there's a bunch of novels I could go that I could go read if I really wanted to, but I think that... It's visually so powerful is why I want to see Alien Mm -hmm. represented in visual mediums, not just in prose novels. And this is – I mean I would – I guess that – it would be – I think it would probably be a waste of James Stokoe, but him just making Alien comics for the rest of his life, I'd probably buy every single one forever. Yeah, I mean how is that a waste of James Stokoe? I don't know. He he seems like – he seems like a really imaginative guy. Probably would want to do things on his own, like more I mean, work I'm sure stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sure he will. Yes, exactly. But I don't. I'm a buy on this. This comic's amazing. It's great. I, I'm, I'm like a, a, an excited buy for this. It feels so very good to read this on a lot of levels. I mean, it's great. More Stoko, more Alien. Just, just mm, it fits together so well. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is. A lot of things I like all at once. Done right. Done right. So double buy, Aliens, Dead Orbit, number one. Uh, that is the end of Weekly Floppies. I mean, there's an extra issue in there, so I don't want to hear any complaining. I'm going to complain. I mean, I don't, not from you. You can complain. Okay. You're allowed. With that, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to. Past two weeks, what we've been doing, what we've been reading, playing, seeing, whatever. Things we want to talk about, interesting things, newsworthy things, whatever. 
What's up, Eric? Not a lot, bro. Not a lot. Drawing, ra- drawing wrestlers. I know you're drawing wrestlers. You've been texting me pictures of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. We've well, been putting them on the internet too. People I know. Can see them. I know, but I have to go out and like search for that. If they mm-hmm. come at my phone, then I look at them automatically. I'm pretty sure you can get my my social media stuff on your phone too. I can, but I have to go to those places. You don't have to go anywhere. It comes to your damn phone. But I have That's to, the way the internet works, I bro. I have, have to push the button with my thumb and then mm-hmm. find your profile somewhere. You have to do that also with the text messenger. Eric, Eric why are you? Don't. I'm right. I'll, I will fight you if I want to. Don't, don't fight me. I'm a, I'm a small boy, and now you're a jujitsu man. You'll beat me up. <laughs> I'm a big jujitsu boy. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I'm really bad at jujitsu. I'm better you're, than you, though. You're definitely better than me, considering I am zero. If there was a skill level from <laughs> zero to 100, I am a zero. I'm yeah. as low as low can go. There is no lower than me. I'm with the most, I am with uh, the mass of humanity that, that knows nothing about it, so I'm down the bottom. I know it exists, but that doesn't really help me. No. I'll teach you to do a rear naked choke. I will rear naked choke you. I mean, I know how to do that. Tech- I mean, I can't do it to someone who knows how to not get it done to them. Uh, but I mean, I, I can show you. I can show you method that I was taught. That's um, harder to attack. It's easier to uh, 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 harder to counter. This is now a rear naked choke podcast. That's all it's about. Mm-hmm. I love saying rear naked choke. Do you know what? Uh, do you know what it is in Portuguese? It's not called the rear naked choke. What is it called in Portuguese? It it, it translates to lion killer. Ooh, that's a pretty good because name. It, Yes, that's fucking sweet. Apparently, that's how you kill a lion, is you strangle it. I'll, I'm going to avoid lions. Wuss. I know. I You've done art. You've done wrestlers. I like your wrestlers. I've, all of them, I've, of course. Yep. I'm, I'm going uh, to make ten stickers out of these guys. Wrestler stickers. They look cool. I think they're going to be fun. You've been doing lots of art, I'm sure. It's been a lot of work. Sent off a couple of things for print. Finished up the comic, uh, the Depression comic, which I imagine I've checked in with. I've talked about. You've, you've, you have prog- you've, you checked in with progress, and now it is done. Okay. Yeah. To just to recap, I I drew a comic about coping with depression, uh, co-written with my sister-in-law, who is a um, a, uh, a, a a clinician, a a clinical psychologist who is finishing her PhD and is becoming a uh, postdoctoral fellow in the next couple of months. Um, but yeah, it was a really good experience doing that, it's, uh, except it was really, really, really hard. Comic books have a tendency to just never end, particularly when you're doing all the writing, lettering, penciling, inking, and coloring. It takes forever. But it's done. It is done. It is done, done, done. Just now got to get things produced. But it's going to be Mad Dash. I probably have about five weeks left, maybe four until Heroes Con. Well, it is the first week of May right now. Yeah, that is the truth. I'm excited about these wrestler stickers. They're pretty cool. I want some. Uh, yeah, well, th- that you're my mark. That's that's how I judge things. I'm your. Oh, what's the word for it? Stephen King has a name for mm-hmm. the people like he knows who are like his wife is his who is yeah. a. A f- who's a fan who he can rely on to give mm-hmm. f- adequate feedback. Yeah. 
Yeah, like um, Kurt Vonnegut said, to, that's how he crafted his stuff, too. It was like always sort of have one person in mind. At least when it's wrestling shit, I'm thinking of you. I, but, I mean, this is fun for me. Like, those why are would really... I not want... Yeah, why would I not want to do this? Exactly. Like, I, I, I like these guys. They're cool guys. Yeah, I, mean, I cool, like these guys. They're cool wrestlers. I don't know about... Yeah, they might be terrible people. I mean, some of them are categorically bad people. Yeah. Of of the ones I saw. So, but that doesn't, yeah. who cares? That's not. No, not, it's true. You're not, you're buying them for the, for how they look, not Mm-mm. if they were bad. I, I feel pretty good about the, the look of them. I feel like it's going to, going to get me some heat. This is really steeped in, in <laughs> it takes in over your wrestling life. Lingo. It takes it over your life. Well, it doesn't like, I'm going to introduce you to her. Um, this is assistant that I hired she has recently become like very, very obsessed with wrestling. So I'm getting like wrestling talk everywhere. That I and proof, I'm I... watching lots and lots of Lucha Underground. So like I'm kind of inundated with wrestling shit lately. I just have to get you deeper. I guess so. Just have to keep going. I what I, I I should be watching MMA instead. It would be better for my training, for yeah. my classes. Yeah, yeah, it would. You can do both. I can, but when do I have this time? I do want to get the fight pass. I also want to get the WWE Network and watch a bunch of old flair matches or watch the fucking introduction of The Undertaker and shit. That's all on there, right? They actually, this month, they had a best of flair collection that is curated. That's so good. That's so good. Makes me so happy. I can I, I have a sticker related anecdote from Calgary Expo. Oh, it's here. Okay. I went to Calgary Expo. I'm jealous. I wanted to go. It's a, it's really, it's a cool, it's a cool con. It's bigger than the Edmonton con. It's the, it's the bigger of the Alberta, uh, two, mm-hmm. the two big cities in Alberta's conventions. Uh, you know who did the logo for it, right? Alberto Ruiz, I believe. I yep. see him pop up on your, fa- on, on Facebook because you like things. Uh, yeah. And I see those things because the algorithm has decided that. Mm hmm. I have a lot of friends that are like friending and following people just because I like their shit. It's 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 funny that this is I'm so influential now. <laughs> and uh, we I this is the first time I've gone. It's it was really cool. It's a it's a huge. We went on Saturday and it was sold out. It was a huge con. There's tons of people there, and it takes place like in the they put it it, it goes on in the Calgary Stampede, which is basically like where the rodeo is and where. They have a lot of events and not just like, it's not just the rodeo, but it has like six buildings, not just a big event center. There's also like all these ancillary buildings that are around it. Um, and I found, I, we were just doing the tour, walking around and they, I saw stickers of Parasite. Nice. And I was, I had to stare at them for a second. I was like, wow. Okay. I didn't realize that was, it, that existed, but okay. Does it, did it have the Parasite? Yeah, officially branded. Okay, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering about. Yeah, they're not. This is not just a a fan doing fan art. It was a real. This is officially branded from whoever. I guess whoever publishes or or makes or at least licensed out the name Parasite to some sticker company because these were officially like a produced, um, licensed Parasite stickers. Uh, I met Jim Zub. He's a cool guy. Nice. I met uh, Steve Lieber. Also a cool guy. Cool. They, I bought things from them. I bought books from them. They're 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 cool guys. They're very nice to me. Uh, just walked around, saw a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, bought a lot of art because, of course, I uh, bought 
the it, complete this is the insanest thing uh both my wife and i were just doing our tour walking around looking at everything in our very official way up and down the aisles so we see everything and we just happened to stumble upon a a, a comic i don't know if they have a shop somewhere but uh they're selling a lot of the big art books and mm. uh we stumbled upon them and they had four or five uh copies of the uh uh nemo and slumberland uh comic yeah and that it was kim kim, uh, kim texted me pictures of it yeah it's a i think, I think you you talked about it but she texted me pictures and yeah they it, were it's yeah. it's a it is the biggest book I've ever seen. Uh, it was sixty percent off cover price, and so we Which both took it down to took it down to what one ten Canadian. That is a very expensive book. It's that's like ninety dollars American. Yeah, or eighty five, eighty eighty five, ninety somewhere in there. Um, it's normally two twenty five. So uh, we immediately were like, wow. We looked at each other and like, man, we we want that. And then the dude was like, hey, what? You, I was like, how much does this cost? He's like, it's sixty percent off two twenty five. And we looked at each other and immediately both went, yeah, we'll take that. All right, let's do it. Let's be let's be, have that big giant thing and lug it around forever. Uh, but it's a really cool thing. I I really like it. I you can just kind of dive into it and just like get lost. And Windsor McKay was uh, pretty incredible. Um. How are we doing? Um, I have some video games I want to talk about too, Eric. This is uh, so unlike you. I know it's a very strange thing. I, I've still been playing Battlegrounds. That game is still a lot of fun. Uh, I've gotten second a couple times, never gotten first. No chicken dinner for me, but mm-hmm. it's still a fun game. I have beaten a game that I think everyone on Earth should play. It's an amazing game. It's called What Remains of Edith Finch. It is a Story-driven narrative game, uh, walking simulator. Don't really like that that label, but it has been kind of become the most recognizable label for these types of games, similar to Gone Home or Firewatch. Uh, Remains of Edith Finch is like that. You are controlling Edith Finch. She is a young uh, young woman returning to her childhood home because she has inherited it, and uh, she is a member of the Finches, uh, a family that is basically cursed. And every most of the most of the finches die early or and or tragic deaths. And as you explore this house, you are basically going from bedroom to bedroom, space to space in a house that looks very I don't I guess Burton esque Tim Burton esque hmm. is probably like the easiest way. It, it, I think it has a lot more variety than Burton's general aesthetic, but it's it's a weird kind of quirky style, and I think. It's an, a shorthand is just say Burton-esque. Um, and you're exploring your fa- all these family members and you're filling out a family tree that you have in a notebook. And every time you encounter a family member's room or journal, you basically enter into a vignette which explores how they died. And every single vignette is incredibly disparate with different art styles, different takes, different stories about how that person lived and how they died. And it's really well written and it has storytelling in it that you really can only kind of encounter in a video game. There is one vignette in particular uh, with the te- one of the, the teenage son, which I was um, absolutely amazed by how, how it handled um, being a disaffected teenager at a dead end job and kind of how tragic it, for, it was for this person. And every single 
family member you experience, it goes into a totally different kind of scene and you are controlling something completely different. Um, the voice acting is great. The storytelling is great. It is a thing you can only kind of do in a video game. And it, it is a, it's a bite-sized chunk, like three, two, three hours long, probably. I think it is exactly as long as it needs to be. Gets in, tells its story, and then it gets out. Um, you could you could replay it if you want, and I probably will in a couple of years. Uh, explore it again. It I like think it's twenty dollars, twenty twenty or twenty five dollars. I was I'm always says twenty twenty dollars in American. Okay, I think I probably paid more because I'm Canada Canadian dollars. Um, it's a really it's a really great game. Uh, other game I've been playing came out on Friday as of the day of this recording, and it is Prey, uh, P R E Y. It is a reboot of that title from there was a prey game that came out like in 2000 sometime. And this is a, has the same title, really different. Everything else. Uh, it really is not very similar. That was like a first person shooter with weird stuff in it. This is definitely, it definitely has shooting and stuff in it, but it is, I don't know. It is a, it's a Bioshock, Bioshock light. You know, it, it is like Bioshock in a certain, in a lot of ways. Uh, and there's Dishonored is also a game like this. I would also put Deus Ex in a game in, in a genre like this. You know, RPG, a lot of RPG elements, a lot of exploring, a lot of reading emails and listening to audio logs. And there's a lot of Metroid similarities in that you are revisiting areas to get into locked doors because you now have uh, the abilities that allow you to get into them. Um, I don't know how much I should say about it because there is a lot of like spoilery things you're uncovering. It is a mystery. I think a lot inherent to that genre is mystery. Um, you, I think you would like this, Eric. It is a sci-fi horror. It reminds me of Alien. It reminds uh -huh. me of Bioshock, of course. It reminds me a lot of um, like 2001 even, but it it has a lot of those elements of toying with technology in ways that humans don't really understand and in doing it in really interesting and fun ways and that affect game mechanics and affect the story and it's really uh neat and i've been playing it nonstop since i bought it <laughs> it's i it's a awesome the videos game. in the steam page do make it look very good it is really it's there is a enemy this is very early on so this isn't much of a spoiler but it's in the marketing uh there is an enemy called the mimic and a mimic is you're fighting aliens. Also, that is not a bit much of a spoiler. Uh, the alien called the mimic can mimic anything, anything inanimate. It can be that. So you could be walking into an office and you look over at a table and you see a coffee, a coffee mug, and so you 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 don't see anything else. So you, and you walk past it. You come back to leave the room, and now there's two coffee mugs. Now, is one of them a mimic, or did you just? think you saw one the first time so what you do is you end up hitting both of them with your wrench and hope that if it's a mimic you catch it off guard but it has you looking at it kind of like i i like consciously as you're playing this game it changes your perspective and i always like games that do that that make you question mm. the fundamental reality of like you're like okay i walked in this room before and i because everything does stay where you put it the it, 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 the game is very smart that way uh, and so as you're going through things, you're like, no, there was only – I can guarantee there was only one briefcase here. And you, you'll see the items bounce around sometimes. It's really unsettling, uh, but really fun too and, and cool. Um, there's a lot of – it's a lot of fun guns, a lot of cool uh, RPG leveling up mechanics and 
all kinds of all the kinds of stuff I like or I like a lot in video games. It is probably the best one of these since I I played since Bioshock Infinite. Uh, it's it's a good game. It's a good video game. Hmm. I would say I would still recommend Edith Edith Finch first, but it is it is also a very short game, so you can play that in a night and then you're done with it. Unless you want to play it again, the Prey game I'm dozen hours in and I don't think I don't know I don't know how far I am honestly, but because I there's a lot of side quests and jumping around and I'm just doing everything because it's that much fun. It, System Shock I think System Shock would probably and two System Shock one and two are probably actually the first ones, but Bioshock is probably the thing that popularized the, that those right. types of games. But they're making a System Shock three right now, so it you know you're wandering around a spooky confined space uh dealing with weirdo things and you don't know what to do and there's mystery and you're exploring and digging through emails and files and stuff to pitch mm. to piece together what the hell happened and why are so many there why are there so many dead people i think that's it sounds pretty good yeah it is pretty good those are good games really if this year wasn't so colossally shitty uh like in general, in, in socially, politically, I would this I, this is like the one of the best years of video games ever, probably. Mm. But I think I would sacrifice the good games if things weren't so shitty in the general world. Mm. It makes Steam great again. <laughs> oh, that was that's a good joke. That was a good joke. Ah, it's low hanging fruit. It, well, it's there. Someone's got someone's got to pick it. I was I was at dinner tonight. And we were eating uh, black seaweed, and I the, the the waiter was over talking to us, and I said, "Well, you know what they say about black seaweed," and uh, I felt like the answer was pretty obvious, but everyone just sort of stared at me blankly. I didn't say the second part to it. The waiter walked away. He came back maybe you know a couple minutes later, and he's like, "I have to know what what do they say about black seaweed?" Well, my answer was, "Well, do we, you don't go back seaweed." It's <laughs> a good one too. That's my, I mean, that's my aesthetic is that it's so dumb. It's funny. I mean, it works. Hey. Hey, uh, hey. here's a good, here's a good one that I heard the other day. What is it? What do you get when you cross a joke with a rhetorical question? I don't know. So what's our next segment? I don't, what do you, I don't, I don't like you. <laughs> I don't like you. You're a bad person. I take back all the kind words I've ever said. Now you're just enjoying that, aren't you? Yeah, just letting it wash over me. Our next segment, now that it is time for it. Now it is time for it. Is Neuroboy Book Club. Neuroboy Book Club is the part of the show when Eric and I sign a lot of collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing Lost at Sea by Brian Lee O'Malley. His first published work, right? I'm not making that up. It That sounds plausible. I mean, it, it in it has been republished because of his success afterwards, but it is his earliest thing, official thing that is not a zine or something uh, collected somewhere. Debut graphic novel. Yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. My impression is that it is it is that it clearly is the 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 debut graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I think I can you can see how much he has grown yeah it it does kind of read like a like a very good student comic almost yeah and it, i i i think that you can see that clearly he this is 
his first thing and he's gotten much better, but I still am, I I don't know. I can still see his chops. I can still see the, all his talent and innate ability at, you know, structure and storytelling. I can see it there. I can see, I can see that foundation. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, I think it is the weakest of everything I've read, yeah. but it is also interesting, and I think I still like it. I think it's still mm-hmm. – I think I would still call it good. It, it, it's it's unremarkably good, I think, and it still – I mean it reads like a, like a young person's short story, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Like one of those stories that – it's hard for me to it's hard for me to explain. It's like an art school short story, you know, that someone is trying to write an academic story maybe. Like maybe this is a, a and and the 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 academic version of like the sequential art program comic, you know, when you're trying to make something highfalutin instead of something that's just like real and raw and honest and and just very cool. Not that it's bad. You know, it kind of reshapes the way that I see his whole, um, what's that, that word they use with, uh, it starts with an O. Oeuvre? Yeah. I, is that really how that's said? If that's not how it's said, I've been saying it wrong for a long time and no one's corrected me. You've said a lot of words wrong for a long time. I mean, that's true, but you don't know until someone corrects you and no one's done it yet. Yeah. I, I will not say it that way, but that word. His portfolio, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I kind of saw him as a person who was very good at writing male and female characters, male and female lead characters. But seeing this, all like Scott Pilgrim's the anomaly that all of his lead characters are women, and that's a that is a different thing to me. That is surprising to me. Um. I mean, three out of four. Scott Pilgrim's kind of the anomaly. Yeah. Although Scott Pilgrim is a a lot longer Mm -hmm. than all the other things. That's what I always came back to is, like, I I had that same realization. I was thinking about that as well. Like, uh, you know, this is a – I I think that's a – like, that is also kind of a hallmark of his thought process and Mm -hmm. how he writes stories and and tells them is – I don't know, like the a lot of those art school stories, like, hey, this is a thing I did in college or did right out of college or, you know, this is my first job or my first real comic. It is always people telling a story that like I don't think this this idea of a 18 year old who doesn't know what's going on with their life is a strange one. I think a lot of people at 18 have no fucking clue what they're doing in life. I um, think a lot of people at 25 or 35 don't have a clue that is also true but this kind of story of people of person like you know not knowing what they're doing in life is not a strange one but i think it is a he makes a choice to have it have a a lead female uh, protagonist and i think that i don't know it 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 speaks to his I i don't know if he had this a female protagonist in mind as necessarily you have to be the lead the the lead for this has to be a, a a woman i never i don't know if that's necessarily true i think it's more interesting at this point when it's a woman because mm. this this story 
type has been told a million times with dudes for a long time. And I think for it to stand out nowadays, it has to be a very, very good version of that. Um, I don't know. I, I think – I don't know if he actually like, – I, I think that's the thing. Like I don't know if he considers like, oh, I'm doing a dude or – what makes sense in this? Or I don't know if he has that in mind when he's writing, telling the story or if he thinks – does he pick it like, well, what would be more interesting if it's a dude or it's a lady? I don't know. I don't know. It seems like his characters are pretty fundamental to the story. Like everything seems very – meshed together like the whole world is built around them yeah like i i i don't know i would imagine the the concept and character comes together this is the only one that i think it doesn't quite feel like that this doesn't feel like a world shaped around raleigh it just i don't know maybe maybe that is part of it that um She's supposed to feel like small in a big, huge world. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you. It's. I guess I don't know. It. It doesn't feel as constructed as his other books do, where mm-hmm. they are universes that are revolving around that main character. Yeah. In this, it feels. It does feel like that at times, but also, I mean. I, I think that it is reduced because she is lost and because the surroundings are ephem- ephemeral. Like all those other books take place in mostly like a location, you know, a city mm-hmm. uh, in particular. And this one is a road trip story. So they're traveling and everything is moving and changing. And it is her reliving, you know, her memories as a, as a, as a child, uh, as a, at a similar trip she took with her mother. Um, there, there is, th- it's like the the I think it feels mostly like his other books is when they go on that nighttime hunt for the cats. Like it, everything else, it feels completely disparate. That uh, you know, it feels it feels the least like his other books to me. But when I get when they go out to the the they're wandering this town and they don't really know where they are and they are looking for all those cats to get her soul back. It it feels like. He, it was honing in on the same kind of attitude a lot of his other books carry. I'm also a sucker because there's cats in it. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I feel like all the chit-chatty parts, they feel very Scott Pilgrim. They feel like very like the chatty parts in seconds. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's not what I – I don't – I guess I don't think of that when I think of Brian Lee O'Malley even though – I mean he's very good mm-hmm. at it. I th- I don't think of I think of like the hyper like the absurd realities th- that his books presuppose, mm-hmm. and I th- like the general tone and atmosphere that just having those and how th- they are how sustainable they are in in worlds that are otherwise normal. He's able to sustain these absurd realities of Scott Pilgrim, you know, fighting video game bosses, basically. Uh, of of uh, seconds of you know similar the you know the the reliving the Groundhog Day esque the the you know the weird mushrooms and like that stuff and uh, in in Snot Girl the like how the world is so everything is through the filter of social media and we never really get outside of those bubbles like he's very good at constructing these worlds and then forcing the viewer into them when ostensibly everything outside those bubbles is regular us reality. Mm-hmm. 
and we our perspective shifts and distorts. This feels like mostly a regular us reality. Yep. And then we go on a hunt for cats to get someone's soul back. And then I, I it, that's I think why I feel like mm. that's the most like the other things. Like it's sensible. I think his. I mean, he's and the writing chops here are here. Like the natural dialogue of 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 dumb teenagers. Like, no, the, the the dialogue, like no, no, every word is very well written, and the yeah. there's there's definitely good craft here. It's just crafting a thing that is not as innately interesting. It's um, I don't know. I don't think you can expect uh, even a rock star creator to come out the gate doing. I don't want to say an amazing comic book, but like. Uh, well, yeah, an Hit, amazing comic book. Hitting a grand slam on the at the first at bat is a, hard, a very, very difficult thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, his second book, Scott Pilgrim, was pretty much it. Yeah, exactly. So, it, I feel like he is, and that's why I, I look at this and I can see the like multiple times in this. I'm like, despite how tropey this idea can be. I and how like a lot of the writing is very much like oh I'm lost and I don't like a you, what did you say a short story or mm-hmm. something like there are moments in that where I go uh oh, you know, it's a little tired or a little bit like okay I get it but the fact that I can there are still times in this I'm like wow that's that's very good even for this for this I for this idea this is a very that's a very good sequence that's a very good scene his his still his storytelling is still even it, like. Here early on, it's still very strong. His panel layouts, how he chooses to to, to eke out a story, and how to make uh, to add mystery to this, and to and make it, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't know how I had no idea how much fantasy and like supernatural things were going to be in this. I expected it because everything he does kind of has it. Yeah, there's some something outside of outside of reality. Yeah, and uh, I think this has the lightest touch of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is all kind of implied, and it's not necessarily like Scott Pilgrim. All that stuff happens, unless you want to go to some crazy reading and that it's all in Scott's head or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I don't. I I don't think that is how that works. Um, in this, it is. It could be. Hey, Raleigh's just you know in a bad place I, the, yeah, and she doesn't, yeah, I, she doesn't I, know. I think it's right. I think it's pretty clear that this whole soul stealing thing is nonsense. No, it is complete nonsense, but yeah, uh, I'm thinking more about the weird picture and her, what her mother, like the, what I, that, that inherent weird mystery of that, I really enjoyed and I wanted to know, mm-hmm. I really would, I, I guess it's better that they don't answer it because it probably yeah. is a, a dumb answer like it's a boring answer right there's there's i i always think of um there's like an annotated uh calvin and hobbes book yeah um where he and i talk about this strip all the time where calvin's dad gets mad at him because he's just like begging him over and over and over and over to read hamster huey and the gooey kablooey and he reads it to him every night and he's so sick of it and it just cuts to the last last panel, and it's Calvin and Hobbes, and they're freaking, they're so freaked out because his dad has just like made up a horror story. But he talks about like how you know you're you're complicit, you're whatever you're going to come up with, whatever you're going to imagine is going to be far more impactful than what he would come up with in that scenario. 
And I think to not know what's going on with the mom or any of those things, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the – I often say Ben Bovis thing, the gun that doesn't fire. It's not the gun that doesn't fire. It's like he's handing you the gun. Right. And the – it also gives us her perspective. Yeah. We are in the same place as her. We don't yeah. know what has happened, and so we understand a little bit of her of her confusion, of her kind of of her being lost, her not knowing what is happening. Did you have any friends that smoke cigarettes? No, I didn't either. My brother smoked, so I mean, I guess yes, um, and a bunch of his friends did, but my my crowd did not. That's the thing. Like, oh wait, no, my friend Will does smoke. It's it he was, still does. I, I just. In high school and college, I never hung out with people who smoked cigarettes. So yeah, I have, I do have friends that smoke. So that's a that was a lie. I just didn't, just had forgotten them. <laughs> I just there's a lot of and there's a, it's a it's it's a lot of it in here. And I was just it it's a it's a motif that stood out to me. You know, it, it stands out to me the way you and you watch old movies and everyone <laughs> is smoking, and you're like, oh right, everyone used to do that all the time. I. uh I was telling my dad how much uh, how much I thought Mad Men was a good show, and he just got angry and he said that nobody fucking smoked that much, which I thought was really funny. Moral of that story is my dad's a dummy. <laughs> did your dad never smoke? Oh, he did. Okay, but when I was very very young, he stopped smoking. I, yeah, I think my both my parents quit before I was born. I think. Yeah. But they did smoke. My dad stopped smoking and drinking when I was young. What do you think? Uh, do you see a significant change in uh, O'Malley's art? Uh, it is much better, but it's a lot of the same thing. This is just kind of a clunkier version of it, but you can see the echoes of it. I think that what he's doing with Scott Pilgrim is more interesting. And also, yeah, I mean, they just look better. It's It's the same thing, but... You know, 10 years of improvement, 12, 15 years of improvement, however many. It's it's much tighter. It's more interesting. I don't know. These are, these are. I mean, you could accuse even his newer stuff to be too simple. This is, this is too simple. This is like the, the, the long distance shots in Scott Pilgrim or something. It still lays the scene out very well. Still works really well. Yeah. And that's the thing I take away from it more than anything Mm -hmm. is that yeah he's obviously yes still working and practicing and getting better even through scott pilgrim Mm -hmm. you can see him getting better and this is still really like it is a rough draft kind of like it feels very much like the rough draft of but still like there's still it's still a lot of good in it, and it's still a lot of like wow. If this gets tightened up, it's going to be masterclass, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's like if 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 anyone, yeah, it is the kind of the the skeleton there is and foundation there is so strong and already very good, and he's able to just tighten up all the loose things around it. And continues to like he doesn't he hasn't stopped I like it feels very much like as he goes he's still he obviously takes great care in every choice he makes and this is I feel like even as that rough draft it feels very measured and smartly smartly created 
feel like that's the thing I take away from it. It feels like very much like I can see his choices mm-hmm. as he's as he's writing, as he's drawing, and it still is very it's still impressive to me. It's still it's even even though it is not as impressive as Scott Pilgrim or Seconds or Stunt Girl, I mm-hmm. still feel like I'm kind of like wow, even even in two thousand and three, three, yeah, two thousand three, even then it was still like him going. I'm putting this out. I'm every page and panel feels measured. It feel doesn't feel it doesn't feel rushed. It doesn't feel improv. It doesn't feel. I'm trying to think of the right word. I'm um, maybe half baked works. Yeah, it doesn't. Place of what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, that is as good as anything I could say. It, yeah, it feels like everything. Even the mistakes are mistakes he made. Per like he he purpose this it has he purpose. allowed it he has purpose yeah. there's purpose in this it feels like everything even if it's in the end you go oh that doesn't work or you know it's that the writing is a little you know tropey here or there you go well he still he measured that out it, this has purpose to it the, all the choices are have have purpose to it he doesn't there's not anything in this that i go oh he just went oh this will work and just put it on the page which is a thing that you see in 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 artists who work mostly in collected graphic novels versus serialized, um, I don't I don't know. I think of that uh, Farrell Dalrymple book mm. where I go, I don't. It doesn't I, even in brain even it, sometimes in Brandon Graham, even though I think Brandon Graham is much more measured uh, than Dalrymple. But it feels so, like it, things are like I just like this a lot, so I did it, and yep. not I think. I see in the Brian Lee O'Malley's works, I see a lot of things where he might might like something or might not personally like drawing it or telling a story that way. But he goes, this is the best thing to do in this in this story. And so that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. And it's something not every I, comic, not every comic book creator is a good writer. Certainly not to this level. No, I think that is a thing that we've not even I think that's a, a, a word that pe- like a writer is such a. A hard word to nail down in comic books because yeah. it could it means a lot of different things. Yeah. And this is like it's not just hey the dialogue or laying out the scene. It is how much story do I put in these four panels? Like I that's what I think of as a writer, not necessarily mm-hmm. like they wrote this good dialogue or they th- had a good idea. They know how to dole out the story, how to structure it, how to tell it to yeah. best best utilize the art. And it's yeah. when you're the artist too. I don't know. I we I don't think we've gotten that we've had that discussion about credit before between when there are two people in a book and they're not just uh, the same person. And I don't think they've actually ever. Used, we, that's the weirdest thing. Like every week, I read all those credits, and half sometimes it's story by this and these two people and then written by this person and then drawn by this person. And I go, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it, the creation of these things is far more complicated than a, a byline can capture. Yes, exactly. And I think most creators are fully aware of that, but I don't think most people who read comics are aware of that. Yeah. I don't know. I think this is, I, I this is still worth, I think this is independent of his other books. I still think this is good and worth reading. Mm-hmm. Not as good and worth reading as his other three no, books. But no, I that uh, still good and worth reading. Yes, I, I. That was the thing. I was the question. The biggest question for me 
when I was coming into this for myself was, am I going to like, regardless if it was, even if it was bad, I think I would still be interested in it because I would be able to see, I'm interested enough in Brian Lee O'Malley as a creator that I want to see that DNA. I want to see how he has evolved. Right. Yeah. But the, the question was like, well, I, could I enjoy this independently? If I just picked this up randomly at a bookstore and never read any Brian Lee O'Malley and no connection, would I still enjoy this? And I still, I think it has a lot of really fun and cool things in it. And I still, I, despite, I, I think his art has drastically improved over the years, but it's still, I think fundamentally at a solid good level in this comic. And I think everything else he has done is kind of like that, where you see the goodness at the beginning of his official career and then understand how the kind of the greatness has arisen out of it. Like I would call all the other comics he's done great. Yes. And this is just merely good. Mm. But it's good. And then I also find a lot of interest in seeing mm-hmm. it kind of in an academic sense of, yeah. Wow. Okay. I can S- understand where he came from and it, it puts everything else he's done in a greater context, which I also like a lot. You want to say over again? Oeuvre. 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 I don't, I'm not, really? fr- I don't sing in French enough. Cause I'm not sounding like I'm throwing up at the end. Uh. Oeuvre. Yeah. Anything else you want to say, Eric? Anything else you got it, got about it? Mm-mm. It's terrible to be 18. Yeah, it's it wasn't great for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was there was good stuff in there. There always is, but in general, not great. Hard, difficult. Mm-hmm. So that's Lost at Sea by Brian Lee O'Malley. I still hardly recommend it. <laughs> you hardly recommend it. Heartily, with my heart. You heartily, oeuvre. Yes. Heartily, like Bret Hart. I Bret heartily recommend uh, Lost at Sea. So it's the the best that ever was and will be. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. I don't think this book is that. No, but Brian Lee O'Malley, maybe. Maybe. He's the Bret Hart of my heart. There you go. There you go. Next, well, not next week, two weeks' time, we are going to be doing, we will be doing This One Summer by Mariko and Jillian Tamaki. Um, it is critically acclaimed and uh, on a lot of uh, book banned books lists, which is uh, always interests me. We're doing a, a banned book week. Mm-hmm. Dumb. You're dumb. It's a dumb to ban books. Um, that's a very controversial opinion, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm right on the edge. But read with us. We'll be talking about that next time, two weeks from today. I think I'll wrap us up. Feel wrapped. Feel wrapped. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find everything there. Links to uh, our Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter, at HBC Hour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, reach out to us in those places and like us and follow us. Give us a good review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Not give, iTunes. Not iTunes. Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us five stars. Subscribe or you know whatever podcast service you use. Uh, however, whatever recommendation way you can tell your friends or you even use your old mouth to talk to them and tell them about us. We like that too. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. I finally just changed it to my name because I was tired of saying Mixmaster Serial on every podcast I've ever done. Good. It was getting tiring. I, I influenced you. It only took years for me to be to stop being so stubborn. I was I was uh, Mr. Bad Example for all that time. You were. 
And I think I just went and went like, oh, yeah, Eric, that's smart. I should do that, too. Mm-hmm. Stop being a dummy. Uh, so follow me there. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com, and you can see all of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Twitter and my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight. Uh, but with that, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank you.